Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome in, Hokie Nation, to this edition of TSL Today. We record on Friday, February 10th. 2023 from the Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center in Blacksburg, Virginia. And we have a heck of a show for you today. We recapping the Hokies' loss to Boston College on the hardwood on Wednesday, while also previewing Notre Dame on the men's side tomorrow and Florida State on the women's side on Sunday. All that and much more coming up on this edition of TSL Today. And it all starts right now. Welcome back to this edition of TSL Today. Again, we record on Friday, February 10th, 2023 from the Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center in Blacksburg, Virginia. This episode is sponsored by Triumph, Triumph NIL. You may have to help me out, but I believe recruit, retain, reward. Correct. Is that correct, Mr. Heater? That is, that is correct. So I'm Carter Hill. That's Giovanni Heater. Obviously, we have swapped roles today. Kyle Marshak, today's best podcast producer in the land, is behind the scenes. Again, we're going to be talking everything today. Hokies lost to Boston College on the men's side on Wednesday. And then we'll preview Notre Dame for tomorrow. And then Florida State on the women's side on Sunday. So, Mr. Heater, let's get right into things. Virginia Tech, man. On the men's side on Wednesday, 82-76, to 76, Hokies fall to Boston College for the fifth straight time and have yet to beat them under Mike Young. What went wrong on Wednesday night? Ball couldn't go in the hoop, Carter. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was the biggest thing that went wrong, and it's tough because a handful of times this season we've seen the Hokies struggle to score, um, and it just seems like in the games where the Hokies struggle to score, somebody that doesn't usually play particularly you know, jaw dropping on the other side ends up going off. And that was Quentin Post for uh, Boston College on Wednesday night. Bad recipe when one guy's dropping 24 on you, having a heck of a game, and uh, you can't get the ball to go in the hoop. Quentin Post actually didn't play in that earlier season loss to Boston College up in Chestnut Hill. But yeah, he torched the Hokies on Wednesday. Virginia Tech, that first half, man. That was rough. Not only could they not buy a bucket, they weren't even settling into an offense. They weren't very good defensively, and they continued to turn the ball over as well. Just not a good night for the Hokies. Boston College, they were averaging five threes a game coming into that night. They hit seven in the first half and hit 12 for the game. Anytime the Hokies play Boston College, they seem to just turn into the Golden State Warriors from, what, 2016-17, right. it seems like. Right, and... and, and- yeah, 12 of 24, 50% from beyond the arc is, is really impressive. And it just felt like every time Tech had a little bit of momentum, was kind of making it come back a little bit, and you thought, hey, this is the moment. All right, they're going to make a little bit of a run. This game's going to get interesting. Just another dagger down at the other end of the floor. And Boston College sinks another shot that you're just like, how are they not missing right now? Uh, Tech shot the ball 41% from the floor, 31% from beyond the arc, 10 of 32. Not necessarily terrible from a number standpoint. It just, like you said, there there was a struggle in rhythm. Um, and it just felt like, geez, they couldn't quite get the lid off the rim. You thought maybe that was a first half woe. It carried into the second half. I mean, all the credit to Boston College for sticking to their game plan, doing what they wanted to do, make 
Virginia Tech uncomfortable, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They did that, and they worked their offense to near perfection. Um, they wanted to spread Virginia Tech out defensively. Their coach talked about that in the postgame press conference, um, and they wanted to kind of reverse the court a little bit, spread them out, um, push it to one side, and then get it all the way and swing it to the other side and have those open looks, and they did just that, and they dropped 82, which is uh, not an easy thing to do. No, especially not in Castle Coliseum. You mentioned some of these. Virginia Tech shot 42% from the field. 31% from three is very, very telling. And then just 67% from the free throw line. 14 yes. to 21 is not going to yes. win you games. They also were out-rebounded with ease against mm-hmm. the Eagles, 40 to 30 in favor of Boston College. Grandpa Zilli, you know, Bright season-high 33 points. Great night on Wednesday evening inside Castle Coliseum, but it just wasn't enough. I, I go back to the the threes in the first and second half. Virginia Tech, yes, they did not settle into an offense. They had open looks. They just didn't fall. Yeah. And they, they were eventually able to get it inside to Bazilli, but at that point, you're down, what, they were down 12 at halftime, I want to say. Right. And it was consistently in the second half, it was a... 10 to 14 ball game. Virginia Tech got it to within nine at one point. And then after that, though, BC continued to expand on the lead. And then it was a 14 point lead with two minutes left. And obviously, Virginia Tech, you know, kind of crunched it down there, but it was a little too late. I think uh, Couture just struggled to find his rhythm. They did a really good job keying in on him defensively, but he did have open looks and just couldn't quite knock him down. And I think the other thing that affected this game in some ways, we we know how good MJ Collins has been as of late. Um, A real big contributor on this team really has come on and emerged the last three to four weeks um, in this season. I think that mask obstructed his ability. I mean, he played 29 minutes, but statistically didn't really do much. Struggled a little bit defensively. I just think that that mask obstructed his comfort. Mm -hmm. Um, And and again, that obstructed him from kind of easing into the game uh, and figuring things out. But Bazili was fantastic. And it's, it's uh, Mike Young talked about it. It's unfortunate that, you know, that performance gets hindered um, and overshadowed by a loss uh, because 33 points is nothing to to slouch at. And that, that is really impressive. And without Bazili, what would this game have looked like? Maybe the quietest 33-point performance you possibly can have. And that's a bit disrespect to Grant Bazzilli. It just was because of how the game was going. Yeah, I'm sitting there um, shooting footage um, on the baseline, and he scores. And um, and I just look up at the thing, and and the guy next to me goes, oh, Bazzilli's got 28. I was like, 28? I was like, where did that? I didn't even, like, follow that the whole game. And then I look up, I'm like, holy cow, he's got 28. And that that was the point where, like, a moment later, he had that quick five-point stretch, where, which helped Tech close it all the way down to four at one point. Yeah. Um, with, like, what, 16 seconds left? They brought it down to four? Yeah, four with 20 seconds left. Yeah. yeah. And um, so that was big. Um, but, again, just it, it, there was, the gap was too big. Um, and they almost tried to make another miracle comeback like they did against NC State. Same kind of situation, like a minute 10 left, and they're down by 10. Yeah, Uh, Just couldn't quite close that gap. Yeah, and similar to NC State, Virginia Tech had a 22-point first half in that one. Virginia Tech in this one, what, they had a 24-point first half? 27. 27-point first half. So just not not a good performance there, but... You know, you got to get off the mat. Notre Dame coming up tomorrow. We'll get to that preview in just a second. But I want to turn my attention to the schedule going forward. People are talking about the bubble may have burst for Virginia Tech. In In all honesty, that probably is the case. You have seven games left in the regular season now. Mm-hmm. Then you have the ACC tournament. What do you think the Hokies have to do 
to potentially try and find their way in. I hate to say it, but you either got to win out or win the ACC tournament now. I, I mean, agree. you just, there's no, the room for error. We said this. There was such little room for error, and you had to win the games you were supposed to win and then pull off like an upset or two mm-hmm. as well. They pulled off that upset. They mm-hmm. beat UVA, but then they dropped a dud against Boston College. You had to win the games you were supposed to win. Um, and winning out looks very difficult when you have to go on the road and play Duke at Cameron. Now, Duke isn't, hasn't really been that great down and the home stretch. You to Cameron. But you still got to go to Cameron. Yeah, And the exactly. Hokies have yet to win a road game. Like so, Notre Dame's looking tough, even though the place is going to be half empty. Yeah, jeez. Um, and, and you know, you want to keep it optimistic and say, you know, maybe if they one loss and you win some in the tournament, like I think you're looking at, you have to win out or you have to win the ACC tournament. Um, and the difference between people say like, well, they did it last year, they could win the ACC tournament. It's like, well, the difference is last year is they were on fire. They had won like nine of their last eleven. Yeah, there yeah. was a stretch where they won six in a row, and it was like they're like on fire. They like like it was weird that they lost the last regular season game to Clemson. Like that was kind of a fluke and that put pressure on the tournament and it was like this just doesn't have the same feel of momentum. You thought it maybe after UVA, but it's like they haven't strung wins together. It's like no. win, loss, win, win, loss, loss. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um yeah, I think plain and simple you got to win the tournament or win out. Yeah, it was crucial for them to beat one of UVA or Miami. They got Miami. They got that big win. That was the crown UVA. jewel. They got UVA. UVA, I'm sorry. They got UVA. That was the crown jewel of their resume and still is. But then you give it right back when you play Boston College. Yeah. I said coming into the BC game, so what, Virginia Tech had eight regular season games left. Mm-hmm. Hokies had to go 7-1 and one at best. Right. Or at worst, I'm sorry, with a loss to Duke. I think they maybe could have think they maybe could have afforded to lose to to pit at home and then lose to duke on the road but to feel comfortable going into the acc tournament virginia tech had to go seven and one with a loss at cameron indoor stadium now i think you have to run the table to even give you give yourself a shot and based on your regular season even then you probably still have to win a game or two in the tournament like I you can't go in and lose the first round of the acc virginia tournament. tech was four and eight going into the bc game they had to win the next three, Boston College, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech. That would have put them at seven and eight. If they had finished the regular season 11 and nine with a loss to Duke on the road in Durham at Cameron Indoor Stadium, they probably would have felt pretty good going into the ACC tournament. Now, like you said, they could win the next seven, and that would be their only glimmer of hope based on the regular season, but you still wouldn't feel good about things. So, yeah, right. I, I think you got to win the next seven. To feel decent about it, or like like you said, you just got to run the table in Greensboro and win the ACC tournament. Which again, people aren't thinking about Tech's four and nine in the ACC. Sure, you may say, well, they did it last year, but right now they'd be playing on day one in Greensboro. Yeah, so they'd have to win five games in a row to win the ACC tournament, and the ACC is better this year. Yeah, across the board, like yeah, well. The other thing, Tech didn't really, yes, the ACC is better, but Tech didn't really get a cakewalk last year either. No, 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 they didn't. But they had to beat the top three seeds. They had to beat the top three Carolina seeds. Carolina Duke. But Granted, I don't think Notre Dame was that great. No. Um, I, Carolina and Duke are hard to beat, and they beat Carolina and Duke. They played their best game, too. 
All right. Yeah. Well, let's see what's coming up with Notre Dame. Let's go ahead and step aside. We'll come back for a second segment if that works for you. Does that sound good, Mr. Sounds Heater? good, brother. Sounds good. All right. Drew and I will be right back. We'll preview Virginia Tech Notre Dame coming up tomorrow from South Bend. And then on Sunday, the Tech women facing off against the 19th-ranked Florida State Seminoles inside Castle Coliseum. It's TSL Today on a Friday from Blacksburg. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Woo! Welcome back, Hokie Nation, to this edition of TSL Today. Again, on Friday, February 10th, 2023, Giovanni Heater, Carter Hill, Kyle Marshak behind the scenes back with you. And, uh, Gio, let's get into Virginia Tech Notre Dame tomorrow. The Hokies traveling to South Bend yes, to take on the Fighting Irish inside Purcell Pavilion at 2 p.m. on your regional sports network. Locally, that is on Masson, but it, it differs across the East Coast and around the country. Notre Dame picked to finish six in the ACC, although not quite having the season they were hoping to have in Mike Bray's final season at the helm. No, they're not. Uh, currently sit 10-14 and 14 on the year, 2-11 and 11 in conference play. Um, Notre Dame just has been a little disappointing. Uh, you look at some of their guys to watch out for, and you look at the, their season leaders right now. Um, J.J. Starling's a guy that comes to the eye because he, he's your five-star freshman. In fact, he was the biggest recruit that Mike Bray has ever brought to Notre Dame. The only consensus five-star guy that they brought in. McDonald's All-American, Jordan Classic, uh, Jordan Brand Classic game. I mean, he, he's top of the line. high school. He went to high school in Syracuse, New York. There he did. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Uh, he is from Syracuse, New York. Uh, but no, he's a great scorer for them. He's scoring 12 points a game right now. He can dish the ball. Uh, more of a scoring point guard. Um, but right now, uh, Kyle Leshevsky is uh, actually leading the team right now. 14.2 points per game. Also leads uh, in rebounds. Excuse me, Nate Leshevsky. My apologies. Um, Trey Wirtz is a guy to look out for as well at the guard spot. Um I could see some matchup problems here, um, especially with uh, who are you going to put on Lasheshki. Um, he is their best scorer, probably going to be Mutz's job. That's going to be a battle to look out for, Lasheshki and Mutz uh, on the inside. But when you look statistically overall at these two teams and, and, and kind of try and compare them right now, Tech's coming in averaging 74 points a game, Notre Dame 70 points a game. Um, and uh, when you look at how many they're allowing, Tech's allowing 68 uh, Notre Dame's allowing 72. They're pretty comparable. Yeah, Lashevsky, if I'm remembering correctly, gave the Hokies and Kevin Luma some problems last year. Yes, he's your big guy down low, but he can shoot the ball as well. 41% from three. He shoots 87% from the line and 53% from the floor. So he is certainly a matchup problem for Virginia Tech and all these opposing teams that Notre Dame's facing. Cormac Ryan, too, is somebody that mm -hmm. put up 20 points last year in the ACC tournament quarterfinal game between these two clubs. Again, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, the Hokies have won the last four in this series. They're seeking their second straight victory inside Purcell Pavilion. The Notre Dame team, arguably maybe the biggest disappointment in the ACC when you look at where yeah. they were picked and how they're playing this year. Again, Mike Bray's final year at the helm, 23 years at Notre Dame. He's kind of the last. I mentioned in our in our hit this morning in our 3304 Sports Studio show, he's kind of that next wave of, of coaches throughout college basketball to trade the bench for the beach. It yeah. seems like we're going through this entire wave of Coach K and Roy Williams and Jay Wright, and now Mike Bray is out the door as well. So Maybe Bayheim's next. Yes. I, for your case, in your case, I think you're hoping that Bayheim is next. I'm going to get, I'm going to get like assaulted in the comments right now. Well, no, I, I, I brought it up. I brought it up. No, no, no. So yeah, no, it, it's just one of those things too, where I think he's just ready to get out the door, but yeah, Notre Dame seeking kind of a big time victory to, to steer their season back on track and avoid playing on day one of the ACC tournament, but certainly not having the season they were hoping to have.
All right. On the women's side of things, too, I want to get into this briefly. Virginia Tech hosting Florida State. Yes. This upcoming Sunday, 2 p.m. on the ACC Network. The Seminoles, the third straight ranked team, three out of five in a row that the Hokies are playing in the AP Top 25. And this Florida State team in the Top 20 for a reason. They're coming off of that loss to Miami. But this is another tough matchup for this Virginia Tech team. Yeah, I mean, you look at, too, when you look at the schedule of Florida State, look who they've beat. They beat Duke, right? They did lose. Uh, they did lose to Notre Dame, and, and actually in blowout fashion, which is kind of a, a head scratcher there. Uh, but when you beat Duke and Duke just beat Virginia Tech, you're like, okay, this is a good team. They beat North Carolina, who's also very good. They beat Miami the first time around. Um, they they hung in there with a very very good uh, projected one seeded UConn team uh, earlier this season back in December. This is a very good Florida State basketball team. There's no way to spin that. Um, Miami's a team that beat Virginia Tech, and this is a game at Miami. Um, Virginia Tech lost at Miami. Not that it's a hard place to play atmosphere-wise. They're just incredibly well coached with good players. You saw what they did in the ACC tournament last year. Miami's kind of Miami reminds me of Virginia Tech like the last three years or so. Yeah. It's like Miami's like trying to make that push to be like, okay, we're a consistent top 25 team. Um Losing to Miami, especially on the road, is not like a serious disappointment. Miami went to the ACC championship game a year ago and hung in there with NC State. Uh, they're very good. They're very well coached. Um, so I don't think you can look at that and be like, ah, like Florida State should have won that game. Um, I think the thing that jumps out to me is is they went ahead and took care of business against Duke and, and beat them by double digits. And, and my apologies. It's, ac- it's actually the second ranked game in a row for Virginia Tech. Out of Hokies five. Went, yeah, so during that five-game stretch, the Hokies – they already went on the road to meet NC State. They're hosting Florida State. They host Duke and host NC State. So this is a huge three-game homestand for Virginia Tech and all those teams as well. Then they go on the road to Chapel, Chapel Hill on Thursday, February 23rd to face off against 14th-ranked North Carolina. Virginia Tech right now, should the season end today, would be the fourth seed in the ACC tournament. Which would this be is a awesome. crucial, crucial crucial matchup between the, because these two teams are, are very very even like you mentioned and, and Virginia Tech obviously coming off of that huge win in Raleigh back on Monday against NC State Georgia Amor Liz Kitley we talked about a little bit earlier this week but scored all but three points in the second half I mean that's ridiculous ridiculous Tech's gonna have their hands full with Tania Latson for Florida State she's really really good averaging 22 points a game right now uh, she's their obviously leading scorer shoots the ball at almost 50% from the floor not big five foot eight so I'm really excited to see the offensive matchup. Um, I mean, you could just see trading buckets between Amor and Latson. That, that could be fireworks in the making in Castle. No doubt. And I did pull up the ACC women's basketball standings just for reference. Currently, Duke is leading the ACC at 11-2 and two in the conference. Notre Dame, though, they are now without Dara Mabry, is 10-3. and three. Virginia Tech, Florida State, Louisville, and Miami are all tied for third. Again, currently, the Hokies would be the four seed. They are, though, tied with Florida State in the standings, and this is the lone time these two teams will meet up this season. So this is a huge opportunity for Virginia Tech to kind of gain some distance and further solidify themselves in the top four. Here's a big difference, too. Um, Florida State's averaging 83 points a game. They can score the rock. Mm Mm-hmm. Virginia Tech is a is a decent defensive team, no doubt about that. Actually, I would say they're a very good defensive yeah, team. Um, they're only averaging 74 points a game, and that's kind of been the struggle, not against NC State, but the games that Tech has lost is when they struggled to score. When teams held Kitley and um, Amor 
and kind of forced everyone else to do everything, Tech lost those games. Um, when those two combine for 11 points like they did uh, a couple of weeks ago, Tech loses those games. So it could be a shootout, and it's like who can outlast, who can score more. Obviously, that's the objective of the game, but Florida State can score in bunches. Tech could have their hands full with that. And, yeah. and Tech's going to, in order to win this game, Tech's going to have to score more than 75 points. Well, again, tomorrow, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame from Purcell Pavilion in South Bend. And then on Sunday, 19th-ranked Florida State and 11th-ranked Virginia Tech. That is inside Castle Coliseum at 2 p.m. on the ACC Network. Well, that'll do it for today's edition of TSL Today. For Giovanni Heater across the way, Kyle Marshak, today's best podcast producer in the land, behind the scenes. Oh, no, I'm not going to stop it. Behind the scenes is Kyle Marshak, and I'm Carter Hill. Saying so long from the high-tech TSL studios at the Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center in Blacksburg, Virginia. We'll talk to you on Monday after, hopefully, two huge victories for the Hokies. Have a great weekend, everybody. Peace.